Now I'm going to move this very quickly. Go to Acts. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. We'll be continuing to pray for Deacon Grayson. We miss him. Miss seeing his face. I talked to him. Y'all know Deacon Grayson. He's just always, he's a warrior. We have, I say it all the time, we have just jewels in our seniors in this church. I feel so humbled and so honored with the seniors that we have in our church. They have been, they've just been amazing in showing us what humility is, showing us what strength is, you know, and firmness, and but love and kindness at the same time. God has given us that. I, I just, I, I feel like I'm the most fortunate pastor around <laughs> because of what I, I've been able to learn from the seniors that we've had in the, in the church. I'll, I'll tell this quick story, Acts chapter 1, as you get there. I remember Pastor Sneed, I was telling the story today before he passed away, he was on oxygen. And I remember Pastor Sneed ran in the back church to get me about something. And I came running around the corner and I said, Pastor Sneed, what are you doing? And he was out of gasping for air. He said, yeah, I just wanted to let you know such and such and such needed to be done and such and such, blah, 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 blah. And I said, okay, okay. Well, Pastor Sneed, how come you didn't get one of these young folks to come back here and tell me? He said, no, that's okay, Pastor Moore. That's my job. I just stood there looking at him. And I said, you going to be okay? He said, yeah, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And I just watched him. And I thought to myself, man, just service. Just, I just watched him. I was just so outdone at that. It was just amazing to me. They, he, he took it serious. The, 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 I always say it takes the elders to teach the youngers how to work. I don't care what you say. I don't care what church. It takes the elders to teach the youngers how to work. I remember my brother came up and he said, man, he said, you're so blessed. He said, because you got jewels sitting in the church. He said, seniors, man. He said, he said, man, he said, I wish we had that many seniors sitting in our church. I told him, I said, yeah, I am lucky, ain't I? <laughs> Don't hate. <laughs> God is good. He is so, so good. Uh, our seniors are doing, I'm going to tell you, if you don't want to, you don't want an honest answer. Don't ask them, because <laughs> you're going to get an honest answer, and that is one of the things that I've I've enjoyed the most is <laughs> their their honesty. I remember one time me and Pastor Sneed was having lunch, and I was eating, and I was in the middle of eating something, and he was smacking, and he looked up and he asked me a question while I was getting ready to eat something, and I almost choked at the question he asked, but he kept on eating like it was nothing to it. And I just looked at him. I said, man, he, he, he's really brutally honest. And Deacon Grayson is the exact same way. If you don't want to know, don't you ask him. <laughs> Mother Grayson had to pull on him sometime. <laughs> we are so blessed and we are so thankful. Amen. We're so grateful. We are so grateful. They are the foundation. The foundation of the church is built on Christ. But let me tell you something. He uses anchors. 
and they were the anchors. They are the anchors for divine direction. I can tell you that now. They've stood the storms that have come through this church, and it is because of them we stand on their shoulders. And so I am just so, as they stood on the Lord's shoulders, so I am just humble. I'm very thankful. Amen. 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 I want to get into the word here very quickly. We move it along. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You should have it by now. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And it just simply says, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth or the world. I'm going to say it one more time. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. I'm going to back up real quick. I want to read that seventh verse too. And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But, but, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost. I'm going to stop right there. I want to use for a topic today. The Holy Spirit empowers you. The Holy Spirit empowers you. I want you to repeat this after me. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers me. Empowers me. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers me. Empowers me. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers you. Empowers you. Now y'all got to yell that out because they didn't they didn't hear it. The Holy Spirit, come on, y'all. Holy Spirit empowers you. Empowers you. Come on to give the Lord a hand praise. We always thank you for his word. Always. Amen. 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 I wanna I wanna just kind of just give you a little something on this real quick here. Because I had to I went back and read that seventh verse. You know, Jesus had talked to his disciples about the end of times, things of that nature, and things that were going to happen. His disciples had a lot of questions about what's next. Is Jerusalem going to be restored? How's this going to go down? How's that going to go down? And I like how, how Jesus just cuts to the chase. He cuts to the point, and he tells them, Listen, you're asking me a lot of questions. 
everything is in the Father's hand. Everything. Times, season. He controls that. It's by his power that everything will happen. But for now, you don't need to focus on that. You need to focus on your job. All of that is in his control. Anything that's going to happen is in his control. He has a timetable for when all things are going to happen. But what I need you to do is to focus on your job. And in order for you to focus on your job, you're going to need a little something, something, something to help you get, get it done. That's when he tells them the Holy Spirit is going to help you. Help you do what? It's going to help you spread the news. It's going to help you spread the news first starting at home. Then about. That's why I always say charity begins at home. Then it spreads about. Jesus didn't tell them that they were going to start out here, then work their way back. He said, you're going to start right here and then work your way out. But you're going to need a little something, something to help, help that get done. So the point is, in that seventh verse, he's letting them know, don't worry about all this other stuff because all of that is not in your control anyway. Trust God. It's in his control. But you are going to have something that's going to help you. You're going to have some power. You're going to have some power to control some things like getting out and doing your job. Because I'm going to make sure that you have some power to do that. Amen? So we needed to just kind of clarify that. Now, I want to ask you a question because in order for us to, 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 uh, for us to really understand what we're talking about here, I have to ask you, a couple of questions. Who is God the Father? Do you know who God the Father is? If you do, just raise your hand. Y'all don't know who God the Father is? <laughs> they said, I think I should raise my hand. Maybe not. You gonna raise your hand? <laughs> It's a trick question. <laughs> it's not a trick question. You know who God the Father is. Right? Can you describe who the Son is? You know who God the Father is. And you can describe who the Son is. And when I say the Son, I'm not talking about, y'all know who I'm talking about. When I say the Son, I'm talking about the Son of Son of God. But now, let me ask you a question. Who is the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's it. See, let me tell you something. This is, this is the interesting thing. 
this is the interesting point. I know you know who the Holy Spirit is. But do you realize that most of the time when you talk to Christian folks, they can tell you right away who God is. And they can also tell you who the Son of God is. They can describe him. But when you start talking about the Holy Spirit, they start hemming and hawing. Because they kind of know, but they kind of don't. The problem with that is that many believers, they, they do what we call settle for a two-thirds God. They settle for a two-thirds God. They settle for God and they settle for Jesus. But they overlook the Holy Spirit. It's pretty powerful. And, I, and I'll guarantee you that if you talk with some Christian folks and you do the survey and you start talking to them, you ask them those questions. Who God is, they'll tell you. You tell them who son, Then say, now tell me who the Holy Spirit is. Many of them will hem-haw about who the Holy Spirit really is. And some of it is because they've heard so many different things. Some of it is because they haven't done the research for themselves. And some of it is because they just don't have the kind of relationship with the Father and the Son that they should have. And if they have the relationship with the Father and the Son that they should have, they'll understand what the Holy Spirit is all about. I'm telling you like it is now. You know, some, some Christian folks could get offended by that, but I'm telling you the truth. When you have that relationship with the Father and the Son, I mean, when you really have that relationship, well, you, you, you got an idea of who the Holy Spirit is. You do. I want to tell you, though, when you study the Bible, you'll find that the Bible makes more than a hundred references to the Holy Spirit. More than 100 references to the Holy Spirit. That's how important the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is so important. I was doing some, some studying, but I found that Jesus said more about the Holy Spirit than he did about the church or marriage. That's right. He talked more about the Holy Spirit than he did the church or marriage. That tells you how powerful that is. That tells you how Jesus wanted us to know who the Holy Spirit is is and what it means in fact in fact on the eve of the death of our Lord and Savior as he prepared his followers to face the future without him he did something that was very powerful he said in Acts 1 and 8, you will receive power 
when the Holy Spirit comes on you. The very eve of his death, he brought up the Holy Spirit again and told them, you're going to receive power. I want, I want to prepare you for a life, a future, without me being here with you, walking with you physically. I want to prepare you by letting you know that you are going to have something very powerful that I'm going to send to you. It is a gift from my Father to you because of me. Because of the price that I paid, my Father's going to send you a gift. And that gift is going to help you walk without me physically being here with you. That gift is called the Holy Spirit. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. I want to give you something real quick here. See, back in the day, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was working then. Sure it was. But there's two, two things that you need to know. There's a distinct difference. Back in the Old Testament, let me give you an example. You remember Samson, the story of Samson. Samson was a strong man. But if you study the story of Samson, whenever Samson got ready to put it on somebody, the Bible said the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Did y'all catch that? The Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, he had strength that was just unbelievable. He could whoop a thousand men. I don't know what the Marines are talking about. I had an uncle when he was in the Marines. He got finished. He got out of the Marines. My father was in the Navy, and my uncle was in the Marines. So my, 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 my father used to say, the Marines is crazy. They, they think they bad. He said, your uncle standing in the mirror talking about, I'm bad. I can whoop five men at a time. Ugh. He can't whoop five men at a time. But now Samson, he had the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he whooped a thousand of them with the jawbone of a donkey. That's a bad man. He's only bad because he had the power of the Holy Spirit, the living God. Back in the day when, when things got ready to happen, when, when servants of the Lord got ready to do something or God wanted to use them in some miraculous ways, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them. When, when Elijah would go to do works, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon him. When Elisha would go to do works, the power of the Holy Spirit come upon him. When, 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 when Moses parted the Red Sea, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them so that they could do those things. But something changed when Jesus came. Jesus said, it's a new day. <laughs> he said, a new day has dawned. No longer is the power of the Holy Spirit going to come, come upon you. It's going to be in you. He let the disciples know that the power of the Holy Spirit was going to come upon them because the power of the Holy Spirit was going to come upon them to indwell them. And once it indwelled them, it would teach them. It would guide them. 
It would show them the things that they needed to do. It would teach them how to get their work done. That's what that was all about. And so here we are today. The Holy Spirit is central to the life of a Christian person. You cannot walk with Christ without the power of the Holy Spirit. It is central. Everything that happens from the book of Acts, when you study the Bible, everything that happened from the book of Acts to the end, to the book of Revelation, is the result of the Holy Spirit. Everything. Everything. From the day the Holy Spirit came upon them on the day of Pentecost, the day of first fruits. The, the, we, 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 we like to say, well, you know what they say on the day of Pentecost. I want to make sure that we understand the day of Pentecost was a Jewish festival. It's a Jewish holiday. It's where they celebrate the first fruits of the harvest. And so people came from all over the place to do what? Participate in the celebration. It was like farmers, you, you know what a farmer's market is, where they, they grow fresh fruits and vegetables and stuff, and then they, they bring them all out, and, and people can go down the highway and, come and stop at the farmer's market to buy fresh fruit and vegetables because it's their harvest time. They, they brought all this stuff up, and now it's ready. The day of Pentecost is something like that. It's a day of first fruits, and it is very special. And watch this. God is bad. It's very special because on the day of Pentecost, all these people come around and they have different languages that they speak. And on that day, the power of the Holy Spirit fell on those disciples. The promise that Jesus made right here in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 happened on that first day of fruits. That day of Pentecost. And the power of the Holy Spirit fell on those disciples. And those disciples began to speak in other tongues. Now let me, let me, let me, I want, I just want to break this thing down. When I say that they spoke in other tongues, they spoke in the languages of those people that were there. Read your Bible. So if you was Asian and you spoke Chinese, one of them disciples was speaking Chinese. Oh, y'all ain't catching this thing. If you spoke German, one of them disciples was speaking German. If you spoke Greek, one of them disciples was speaking Greek. Y'all catching this thing? If you spoke Russian, one of those disciples were speaking Russian. But they were praising God in the language, in the Russian language, in the Chinese language. They were speaking those languages. They were praising God in those languages so that people understood what they were saying. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. God was making it known that the Holy Spirit was real. Because there was a question. One of the questions from one of the observers was, wait a minute, hold it. Are these men Jewish? Wait a minute. They're Hebrew. So how is it that um, um, they're speaking in our, 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 our language? How, how is it that we can understand what they're saying? 
How is this, how is this happening? What's going on here? It was a sign from God that the power of the Holy Spirit is real. It's real. It's very real. And it is real today. They didn't just speak jibber-jabber. We'll keep it real. They didn't just speak we, 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 <laughs> There's a lot of false teachings that go along when you start talking about the Holy Spirit. And so people get confused. The Word of God is very clear about the Holy Spirit and what it is and what it does. The Holy Spirit brings gifts. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 12 in your spare time. Read it. It talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Some people, they speak in tongues. Some people have the gift of prophecy. Some people have the gift of dreams. Some people have the gift of discernment. Some people have the gift of administrations. But all of those are gifts given by the Holy Spirit to edify the body of Christ. Paul says, do all do this? Do all do that? Do all do this? No. But God has distributed gifts through the power of the Holy Spirit for each one of us. Some people think that if you don't speak in tongue, you don't have the Holy Spirit. That's hogwash. I have no idea where they get that from. Yes. Yes. The Holy Spirit came upon the disciples and they spoke in other tongues. But let me ask you a question. How many of you have been saved for many years? Come on, don't be bashful. How many of you have been saved for many years? Amen. I want to ask you this question, and I don't want you to be bashful. This is real talk. How many of you have ever spoke a day of tongue in your life? Raise your hand. It's okay. Amen. Amen. Raise your hand. Get them up there. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, how many of you have never spoken a, a, a tongue in your life? Raise your hand. Get them up. All right. Put them down. How many of you have ever had dreams? God has spoken to you in your dreams. And they've come true. Mm-hmm. How many of you have ever had, you heard that voice telling you, don't go there? Raise your hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you're, going, you're getting where I'm going. How many of you have ever had somebody come upon you that wanted to deal with you or in some way, shape, form, or fashion and you could just hear something saying, leave them alone. Go and raise your hand. Amen. Let me ask you a question. How many of you fast and pray? Praying means talk to the Lord. Fasting means sacrificing so that you can spend that time with the Lord to strengthen your spiritual muscle, denying yourself. 
How many of you have been saved for one year? Raise your hand. Don't be bashful. Two years, three years, four years, five years, six years, seven years, eight years, nine years, 10 years, 20 years. Raise your hands. Don't be bashful. We ain't ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, amen? And he ain't keeping count, neither am I. I want to prove a point to you. Let me ask you a question. If you've been saved that long, do you think you kept yourself? <laughs> so you've been saved that long and you kept yourself? During those times, have you been tempted? Have you fallen down and got back up? Did you still continue to pray? Did you still continue to fast? Why? The power of the Holy Spirit. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that tells you, come on, get up, let's keep going. You might have made a mistake, but don't give up. Let's go. Y'all still ain't catching. You ought to be shouting hallelujah. You ought to be shouting glory. The Holy Spirit said, don't worry. Come on. You made a mistake, but you can't stay there. Let's keep going. You ain't kept yourself. It's God. Let, let, let me tell you a story. Then I'm going to read something to you. I'm getting close. I remember when... Me and my wife got real serious about the church. We was young. And so we were told, yeah, you, you, you know, you, 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 you need to get the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. We were like, okay, we're going to fast and we're going to pray about the Holy Spirit. So I remember we, we prayed. <laughs> this was funny. We prayed. We prayed. And we was laying in the bed. I looked over and I said, you feel anything? <laughs> she looked over at me and said, no. Do you? <laughs> I said, nah. Move your hand. No, let me quit. <laughs> we went on and went to sleep. And I thought to myself, I said, huh. So one day, I got up. I was sitting, I was studying my Bible. I said, Lord, I'm a little perplexed here. I said, uh, what happened? Lord said, read. So I started reading some more. I started reading some more. And then I started reading what Paul started saying about the Holy Ghost and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I saw where he was getting after the church of Corinthian, telling them, shame on you. Ain't no such thing as no first and second class Christians. You all are treating people if they don't speak in tongue like they ain't Christians. He says, so let me break this thing down to you. Stop using this as a litmus test. He said, because that ain't what it's about. He said, and in fact, I'm not trying to be arrogant but I'm more gifted than all of y'all. <laughs> he said, why? Because Christ situated that way for the job that he gave me. He said, so let me educate you a little bit. He said, yes, the speaking in tongue 
is a gift from the Holy Spirit. But don't you know that there, there are many gifts but one body? He said, hey, there's the gift of this. There's the gift of healings, laying on of hands. There's the gift of prophesying. There's the gift of this. He said, no, 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 no. He said, but I'm going to tell you something. He said, and even when you speak in tongue, it's nice to have somebody who can interpret what's going on. He says, stop looking down at other people who don't do that. Because that's not right. And it ain't God. He said, but let me tell you a little something since you want to go there. He says, since you want to go there, if you really want a gift, you ought to ask God to give you the gift of prophecy. See, we forget to talk about that. We forget that. It's sitting right in the Bible. We read. He says, since you want to go there, since you brought it up, let me school you. You really ought to ask God for that gift. Because somebody in the church needs to see something every now and then. When the shouting stops, when the music stops and all the clapping and all the dance, somebody still need to see a train wreck is coming. Huh? Somebody still need to be able to see when the hand of God is moving. The power of the Holy Spirit allows that to happen. When I read that, I said, aha. Yeah. Well, how come they ain't teaching us this? So I said, okay, Lord. You said it's better to desire that. So that's what I'm going to ask you for. Just give me that. So I can do whatever you want me to do. Let me see something every now and then. If it's your will. Paul said that's a good one to ask for. So, And let me tell you something. That's exactly what happened. He showed up and he showed out on me. I thought I was losing my mind at first. I was scratching my head. I'm having dreams in the middle of the night. I'm waking up and I'm like, something ain't right. What did I eat before I went to bed? Did I drink something wrong? But God being who God is, he would have my mother call. I'd be up at 2.30 in the morning just sitting there thinking to myself, I think I'm going crazy. The phone would ring at 2.30 in the morning. It's my mother. Hi. How you doing? She's in another state. 2.30 in the morning? Hi. How you doing? I was just thinking about you. And I would be sitting there. She'd make small talk. And then she'd say, you want to tell me about it? And I would go, well, I, you, I, I, yeah. she said, it's okay. Come on, tell me. I'd say, I, well, I, and I'm sorry, I still call my mother mommy. <laughs> I say, mommy, I, 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 she said, come on, it's all right. I would tell her, and then she'd say, okay, now let me tell you about that. Then it happened again. Exactly the same way. And then she said, let me tell you about that. It was God confirming his word. See, when God confirms his word to you, you can be confident. You can be confident in how you walk, how you talk, what you believe. So I know that I know. Listen, listen. When you read Ephesians, 
Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. It says, In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, catch that, ye believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. <laughs> Did y'all catch that? Let me read it one more time. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. In whom ye also trusted. Christ is who we trust. Amen. After that, you heard the word of truth. When we heard the doctrine of Jesus Christ, the good news, the gospel, which stands for good news. Once we heard it, we trusted it and we believed it. The gospel of your salvation, the good news, God's saving love, in, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed. You were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Guess what? That Holy Spirit of promise that we're talking about in Acts chapter 1, our text. That same promise that he gave to the disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. They were believers. They trusted Jesus. They believed in the word. In Ephesians, it tells us the same thing. That when you believe, when you trust in the word of God, the promise that Jesus gave to those disciples in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 is the same promise that he's given to you and I. That you would be sealed with the Holy Spirit. He didn't promise you was going to speak in tongues. That's not what happened. And don't get me wrong, that is a gift. But don't look at that. I just asked the question, how, how many of you have been walking with Jesus for a long time? And you still here. You've been sealed. You have been sealed with his Holy Spirit of promise. You ain't kept yourself saved. The Holy Spirit has kept you. He's empowered you to go through the storms that you've gone through in your lives. He's going to empower you to go through the future things that's going to, go through, that's going to come to you in your life. You have been sealed with the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is essential to every Christian's walk. The Spirit came alongside the disciples and indwelled them. The Spirit has come along you. And now it's indwelling you and I. And let me tell you something. That Holy Spirit is what gave the early church a push. And that same Holy Spirit is what gives the church a push today. Oh my goodness. It is the same Holy Spirit that is going to give us a push to endure the challenges that we got right now. Oh Jesus, help me. After Jesus ascended into heaven, the Holy Spirit became the primary agent of the Trinity. What is the Trinity? God the Father. God the Son. God the Holy Spirit. That's it. 
You know, when you, Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father. Some people say, well, you're worshiping three different. No, we're not. When you see one, you see them all. Amen? It's like when you see the mother of a child, you see the child. Or when you see the child of a mother, you see the child, you see the mother. And if you see the father, you see the child, you see the mother, you see the father. You see history. You see all of that just in that one. Amen? There's an old saying that, that, that families are like mirrors. When we look in the mirror and we, we see the reflection of ourselves in the mirror, that is the, that, that's history. That's our family, all of us going on down the road. I am a reflection of the generations of my family before me. You are a reflection of the generations of your family before you. And guess what? Jesus was a reflection of God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. That's all it is. That's all it is. And when he comes back, <laughs> he's still going to be reflecting God the Father, God the Holy Spirit. Amen? So when he left, the Holy Spirit became the primary agent of the Trinity on earth. And the Holy Spirit, he, it's not a it, he, the Holy Spirit, will complete in you what was begun by the Father and the Son. He will complete in you, in you, what was started by the Father and the Son. Remember, Jesus said, I'm just the agent of the Father. Wait a minute. He said on the cross, not my will, but thy will be done. Amen? Even when he taught us to pray, he said, not our will, but thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus made that promise to the disciples, and that promise is for us today. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit. And even though all three expressions of, of the Godhead are active, in this final age, the Holy Spirit takes the lead. Because the Holy Spirit is what has to guide you through this life. The Holy Spirit has to be able to talk to you and say, don't do this. Stay away from that. You need to pray today. You need to fast today. Watch how you spend your money. Watch how you talk to that one. Be careful, don't go through that door. God don't want you to do that. The doctor don't have all the answers. Do this, do that. The Holy Spirit guides you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He guides you. He is taking the lead. He is taking the lead. Let me ask you this question. I'm getting ready to close. Do you want His guidance. Do you want the Holy Spirit's guidance? Do you want his strength? Then you have to do what the Bible says in Galatians 5 and 25. Somebody get there and read that for me real quick. Galatians 5 and 25. 
What does it say? Galatians 5 and 25. Galatians 5 and 25. What does it say? Galatians 5 and 25. Read it again. One more time. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. If you live in the spirit, you have to walk in the spirit. That means you have to keep in step with the Spirit. You have to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. That means He, the Holy Spirit, directs and leads you. And you must obey and follow. Holy Spirit says, don't go through that door. Don't go through that door. Holy Spirit says, lead Him alone. Leave Him alone. Holy Spirit says, Keep your money in your pocket and stop wasting it on foolishness. Keep it in your pocket. Stop wasting it on foolishness. Holy Spirit says stop talking about that person. Keep your mouth shut. Amen? The Holy Spirit said you need to turn away from that. Stop doing that. That's a bad habit. Let it go. You got to stay in step with the Holy Spirit. I know that's hard sometimes. Is that? Am I right about it? Come on and raise your hand. It's true, isn't it? Sometimes it's hard. But guess what? We got to do it. We got to work on that thing. We got to work on it. If you live by the Spirit, you've got to walk by the Spirit. And when you walk by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is in control. And He will guide you. And even when you make mistakes, the Holy Spirit will gird you up and say, guess what? Come on. You can still make it. It ain't over. It's all right. Let's keep going. I'm going to give you a few scriptures that you can, you can write down and study them later. And you can follow me. Job 34. Job 34, 14 through 15. It says, if God were to withdraw his spirit, all life would disappear and mankind would turn to dust. Job chapter 34, verse 14 through 15. Job chapter 34, verse 14 through 15. John, the gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 13 through 15. The gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 13 through 15. It says, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he Hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Galatians 5 and 25. You already got that one. Ephesians. 1 and 13, you already got that one, but I'm going to read that one again. When you heard the true teaching, the good news about your salvation, you believed in Christ. And in Christ, God put his special mark of ownership on you by giving you the Holy Spirit that he had promised.
There it is. There it is. The Holy Spirit empowers you. It empowers you. It empowers you. When you leave here today, I want you to remember you have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is down on the inside of you. You have it. But it's up to you to let the Holy Spirit do its thing. Don't you know that there are many of you sitting in this room right now that God has gifts that he's just waiting to pull out of you? I'm not the only one that dream dreams. I'm not the only one that sometimes see hell in people's eyes. I'm not the only one that God said, you can lay hands on somebody. There are many of you sitting out in this audience that God has gifts that he has given you. You have to step back and say, Holy Spirit, have your way. Now, let me, let me put a qualifier. I'm not talking about religious nuts. I don't like that. God loves the fruits of the Spirit, but he don't like religious nuts. Sometimes we get a little kooky with all of that stuff. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. I'm being real. This is real talk. The Lord told me to tell you. He ain't told you to tell me nothing. The Lord told me you're going to be my husband. <laughs> you're going to be my wife. Yeah. We get carried away with some of that stuff. God always gives a confirmation of things. Amen. Jesus said, test the prophecy. Wait and watch. Amen. That's why when somebody tells me the Lord told me, I sit and I listen to them. I say, okay. But I don't try to edge them on and help them out. Amen. I'm just keeping it real. I ain't trying to help you out. You better be on. <laughs> I'm just telling it. You know, years ago, I'll never forget, we was at church. This guy was standing up there. And there was a prayer line. And I went up for prayer. Standing there. Lightly, I was waiting for prayer. I needed prayer just like everybody else. So I went up and I was standing there. And they were praying for people. And, you know, people was carrying on. One guy was slobbering all over the place. And I looked and I thought, well, maybe he's getting a breakthrough. I don't know. Or somebody's going to need to clean up the carpet. Then there was somebody in front of me. And he was, he was praising the Lord and everything was good. And I, I'm standing behind him. But then all of a sudden, something happened. He, he, he stopped praising the Lord, and he threw his hands up like this, and then he just fell back. Well, I was in back of him. I stepped out the way. And when I stepped out the way, I watched, and he just did like this. Pow! Hit the ground. I figured if it was truly the Holy Spirit, then he would get right back up, and everything would be all right. I stepped around him, and I stayed in the prayer line. That's, the, that's just the way it was. So later on, he got up, so I figured everything must have been all right. Amen? In other words, I'm telling you, I don't play God. I'm just telling it like it is. After church, one of the deacons came over and was laughing at me. He said, man, you're supposed to catch him. I was like, hey, I'm Hey, God is our protector. If God knocked him out, that ground would feel soft. 
And if he didn't, he's going to need some ibuprofen. That's how it is. I don't play church. Amen? Y'all know what I'm talking about. You don't play with God like that. We don't See, that's the problem. And then that's why folks look at us and say they're a bunch of religious nuts. The Bible is very practical. It's practical. It is an application for us to be able to live this life. You want to know answers to things? Look at it. The Holy Spirit teaches us and guides us so that we can make it. Amen? I don't need to throw a little green Bible at you. All I need to do is my job. Let the Lord be real in my life. Saints, I'm telling you today, let the Lord be real in your life. Step back and let the Holy Spirit do his job. Amen? Is that all right? Let him do his job. And if you let the Holy Spirit do his job, you will still have joy in the midst of storms. You will still have a peace that surpasses understanding when you're going through. Why? Because the indwelling of the Holy Spirit empowers you to live that way. It empowers you to walk in the midst of the storm. It empowers you to talk right, to think right, to hold on because you have strength. It empowers you to have divine direction so that you know where you need to go when you don't know when you need to step someplace. The Holy Spirit will guide you in the way that you should go. All you got to do is step back and let it. Amen? I want you to look to the heavens and say, Jesus, thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. God, thank you for my gifts. The gift of Jesus and the gift of the Holy Spirit that we would not have without the death of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Come on and give him a hand praise. He's worthy of the praise. Amen. Amen. We are going to have communion, and I'm going to ask that the ushers prepare, and that the table servers come up. And what a day. What a message for a time like this. We are getting ready to take communion. God knows exactly what we need. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. As they prepare the table, as they prepare the table, examine yourself. If there's anything that's not right, ask the Lord to forgive you. We don't want to take communion unworthily. We do communion because it is a command of our Father. I am going to turn it over to the table for them to pray over the libations. You're now under the direction of the ushers.